Okay. Hey. Hey, Luke. Hey, Luke. Hey. Hey, Luke. Hey. Hey. How you doing, girl? Well, you know, college campuses confuse me. <laughs> you ain't a college kid anymore. It's not meant for you. <laughs> no, it's funny because they're not designed like for cars. No, they are not. And then you throw in the fact that the old Luke has a terrible sense of direction and no and a terrible um, memory. So, um, and body to, odor. Ooh. Yeah, I had to drop off a thing for uh, our um, our development coordinator. Her daughter is going to the March for Life. So, prop for that. Props nice. to you for that. Uh, uh, and daughter Emma. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> I don't remember her name. Person and, uh, in my car. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it's like right by. Uh, it's right by where I live. Like, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna drop it off. And I uh, was like, where am I going? Oh gosh, I don't remember any of this. Uh, was that what, what year? What school is that at? It's at the University of Dayton. So uh, the dorm where she's at was where my friends lived over the summer of 2002. So I would. And, and I had other friends who lived there at different points in time as well. So I've actually been there, like, multiple times, usually while drinking. Mm. And so uh, But I, wait, in 2002, you weren't yet 21, <laughs> Luke. I know. We kidding. have a bylaw, Luke. <laughs> Not over the summer as far as I was concerned then. <laughs> uh, it wasn't really that bad. I didn't really go there all that often and drink. Or did I? Or did I? He said, <laughs> smiling. Oh my gosh! No, it was just funny because um, I have no sense of direction, and my Wade app was taking me to the middle of the campus. I'm like, well, that's not possible, so I had to pull over. Like, I'm sorry, I'm old. I don't know where I'm going. That's so funny when uh, you know, like the machines have taken over completely, and it's like, when, when do I turn? Turn now, yes, machine. I will turn now, machine. Good sir, this is a walk. Like they have like things up where cars can't go. A clue. And I'm like, well, that's where it's kind of telling me to go. So. You know, sorry. The machine's right. <laughs> yeah. The guys who started Google, what's their name? You know, that guy and that other dude. Mm-hmm. Sergey and... Sergey, that's right. Sergey and Sergey Sergey's Bur- friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sergey 1 and Sergey 2. <laughs> oh, man. That is funny. That is funny. Hey, uh, hey ha- listen, uh, how are yeah. you? Oh, how are you? I'm I'm alive. I'm feeling the zest. You know how we had this national, international pandemic thing. Do you remember that, Luke? Oh gosh, yes. Oh, you do. Good, good. We good. are so over it, though. Thank God, life is normal. We're all happy, <clears throat> singing songs about the Southland. Um, so during said pre prior to said pandemic, Gomer was what you call overcommitted, <laughs> and then the pandemic hit, and Gomer decided not to be so dang overcommitted. So today I'm overcommitted. <laughs> I had an event down. So my nature daughter is healing. <laughs> nature is healing. Gomer is not. Um, no, I had a, uh, my daughter had, uh, what do you call it? Um, youth group on Tuesday. And about 10 minutes before youth group started, the youth minister was like, hey, can you give this talk? I feel overwhelmed. And I was like, yes. So I gave the talk on Tuesday night. Wednesday night, which was last night, I drove down to Houston in, uh, in the middle of a rainstorm. That was fun to do the uh, Houston Coalition for Life. Huge uh, Catching Foxes fans. A lot of really great people out there. So got to spend time at the, uh, the Armadillo Palace. You know you're in Texas when that's a thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so we did that. I did a, a, just a brief talk for them there. And then tonight I'm going to St. Mary's. I'm going to Texas A&M's uh, Catholic <laughs> Student Center. And uh, gig them. Gig them all. Ooh, Darby will be there, probably. Darby. Catching Fox's uh, favorite fan, Darby. Uh, <laughs> I will take uh, I will take stickers. I will take stickers. Do we? Oh, you still have stickers? I actually. Well, I, have, <laughs> I have nothing. 
Okay, fair enough. I have I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I have a pack later. left. I have it's, a pack left. Um, and then, <laughs> hey, kids, uh, do you guys like jokes from 2018 that were very inside baseball? Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> so I have that. And then tomorrow night, my wife is running our family session, and I'm giving the talk for that for First Communion on the Eucharist. And then all day Saturday, I have uh, convalidation class where I'm teaching all the people who are civilly married how to be sacramentally married. How to not be so, sinners anymore? How not to enter into the sin. How not to enter into the uh, sin. Are you very excited about the Bengals game? Uh, my son Noah is, so sure. Oh, he is. Oh, uh, Noah, I love Noah. Noah it knows more about football than I do. I, it's, no, it's, a, it's officially a fact. I know that's it, not hard. <laughs> no. He's like, Dad, this is called a quarterback. A quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> You're rooting for a jersey, son. No, Dad, it's just a fun thing to do, and it, and it builds up a sense uh, it builds up a sense of community. Whatever. It's not based on philosophy. It doesn't matter. Whatever. It's just a mild form of xenophobia. <laughs> that's international soccer. Mm. Uh, you get to hate the other as other who's really other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Woo. Um, so, uh, you know, do you remember back in 2016, early 2016, yes. we recorded a show and we were like, hey, we're famous. Let's just, you know, say whatever. And uh, I told the story of the Bengals game and how I cried. And I cried. I just like, I pounded the pillow. I was so upset at the end of yes. the game. Yes. All the stuff happened. Yes. I was like, this is really unhealthy, my reaction to this. <laughs> my dog barked at me. I mean, I, okay, it, sounds, it wasn't like a, for people who don't remember, I basically just like was pacing behind my couch and things went poorly. There's a pillow on our couch and I like leaned over and punched it three times very, very angrily while my dog just barked. And, and my wife was like, that's a weird reaction. I was like, we don't have any kids. This doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so yesterday on yesterday good gosh luke uh quit life while you're behind uh the uh that sounds very dark i'm sorry that mean not be that dark uh the Bengals won a playoff game on 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 saturday and first time in 31 years whoa and i wasn't even i think i was seven how old was i then i would have been uh, seven years old yeah yeah why wow. uh so you were little, noah's age yeah, I got a little emotional. I got a little emotional. I'm, I'm not okay. gonna lie. Explain to me how emotional. I I okay. Rank it. Rank it on the scale of uh, one being no emotion at all, and ten being Captain America got Thor's hammer in Endgame. And your reaction that's, there? That's actually that's way too uh, limiting of a of a spectrum. Let's do let's do this. Let's let's do this. <laughs> one being no emotional at at all. No emotion at all. Five being Captain America. Ten being me throwing out a mix CD that she who shall not be named made for me after we broke up one point in time out of my car while I was driving. Is that just <laughs> level of emotional power? Yeah, just that like, we're talking that's about? just not... like pure, like, you know, you're just acting on pure emotion there. <laughs> that's, that's, there is no reason. It is pure emotion. Yeah. Okay, it's just got like, it. Got it. Okay. So where were you? Uh, where were you here? About a seven. About a se- Okay, wow. About a seven. So enough wow. to where, like, there were definitely, like, tears. Oh, but I wasn't really just like going, oh, God, blah, blah, blah. you know, it wasn't like okay. that. Okay. Now um, compare it to when it was a 2-0 victory over Mexico. Uh, th- it, it was a little bit better than that. Okay. A little bit You're, better than so that. So that was like a, was, like an eight or a nine? I would say, I would say, th- I'd say the Mexico thing was about probably a six. Step above the Captain America thing. Uh, in oh, between, okay. You know, so like it was pretty awesome, and I, I definitely will take that over seeing Captain America wields Thor's. I sound like way more of a nerd than I actually am. I want to be very clear here to everyone who's listening. You're a nerd. Uh, Own it. <laughs> no, Own I, it. No. Own it. Nah. Everyone our age likes these movies. <laughs> so, um, 
uh, basically, I'd say it's in. I would say it was uh, that's where I would put the uh, Dos Zero game that mm. I, I attended. Mm. That's pretty awesome. Just being a part of that history, I think that's so cool. It and was, the Bengals. It, and the Bengals is not it, meh. It was fun to share. It was. It was fun. It was, it's actually kind of awesome because everyone's now is really starting to imitate everything that I do. Which boy, <laughs> do I need to stop cursing in front of her? <laughs> my my sister in law sent this hilarious video of her one year old being like, "Oh, this <laughs> And she's like, "No, say, oh shoot!" And she's like, "Oh shoot!" Oh, this shit. <laughs> Everly now like 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 holds her hands up like um uh, on the front of her face and just goes go. That is awesome. And I'm like, oh, oh, Everly, you've seen me in the bathroom. <laughs> the old prostate ain't what it used to be. Am I right or am I right? This <laughs> old right, gray mare, right. she ain't what she used to be. <laughs> old gray, the old gray mare singer. It's old gray mare. <laughs> ain't what she used to be. <laughs> to be. Oh, that's funny. Uh, hey, why'd you cut out my great oh, Simpsons joke from our merch ad? Oh my gosh! Because it was going on. And I said it on one time. I, I one on. time I just go, it, uh, you can't get them wet, so it predates stainless steel. <laughs> well, Luke, there are many reasons. There are many the merch, reasons. No, no, the merch thing as a whole went on for a while. That's I what agree. I meant. That's what I was that just looking for much. opportunities to cut. It's been much, but hey, we have merch. We have, we merch. have merch. Do you, like you own called... a merch thing? What do you mean? Have you purchased something from the store? No, I've not. Have have I have not. I, we, we should talk about it for we ourselves. We should talk about that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we'll do it with our business card. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna. Talk, I was like, you know, we, I I should go on right now and get some merch. And then I was like, wait a second, I should make catching foxes get me some merch. That's the point. And then I was thinking, or wait, should I should I do it? I, don't I know. never I just... even thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> How pathetic is that? I never even thought about it. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, um, my my friend. Oh gosh, I bring him up all the time. It's I either bring up Chris Miller or Brian Jones, but Brian Jones's daughter only knows you as the pudding guy because she <laughs> overheard me telling Brian the story. <laughs> And then, uh, the, so she's like, is that, is Mr. Luke that pudding guy? <laughs> I was like, oh dear God. <laughs> so I want to get him, I want to get her a shirt of the pudding cup and not tell her anything, but be like, mm, you get it. Um, but I also, uh, I want to get a tote bag just because that's the most kitsch thing on there. But I love the Catching Foxes design that, uh, what's her name? Rebecca? Um, fun fact. I'm getting a call from JD Flynn. Ooh, answer it. Hold on a second. Let me call. JD, you are live with Gomer and Luke. Do, 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 See what happens do, here. Do, 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 do. We got good podcasting. Hey, how are you, my friend? Good, good. Hey, uh, do you want to come to the podcast? Because we're podcasting right now. Like, no, 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 but like, but right now. We are, we are podcasting at this very exact moment. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to. I, was, I just thought it was funny that you called while, while I. Yeah, sure, sure, of course. Absolutely. All right, bye. So we're going to have J.D. Flynn on. <laughs> Is he, are we doing it now? I think so. So, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens. <laughs> My gosh, I am obsessed with Athletic Greens. I am absolutely 
obsessed with our next partner who has a product that I literally use every day. I started taking um, athletic greens because the pitch sounded very cool. This year, I wanted to just embrace embrace health again. You know, uh, that's just my big thing. And I, so it's one of the main reasons why I did athletic greens. And we and we uh, were able to meet with them and hear uh, a little bit of like what they're about. A couple other podcasts that are on par. They sent us these starter packs. Yeah. Which are awesome. 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This is what I do. I come downstairs. I open the kennel for my dog. Dog comes out. I go right over, fill up. My glass of water, 12 ounces, cold water, dump one scoop of Athletic Greens in there, and it supplements for the whole day. It's awesome because the stuff they use is sourced from whole food ingredients, made in New Zealand. It tastes good. It's a powder that you dump in your drink. You can take it on the go. All of my health care regimens have fallen to the wayside except for Athletic Greens. That should tell you something. <laughs> I was a bit skeptical at first just because I was like, am I going to be peeing very expensive pee? Like That's what I'm, I'm wondering. So tons of people t- take some some like type of a multi vitamin, but it's important to choose one with high quality in- ingredients that your body is going to like actually absorb. I can feel that happen like immediately afterwards. And I've been I'm sleeping a little bit better. Everyone, I'm begging you to buy it so they will keep giving it to us. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm going to. And, I mean, like, like honestly, God, I'm not kidding. Um, we're gonna like both Aaron and I are gonna keep doing this after the problem with these sponsors we start getting them because we're doing an ad and then i end up spending all the ad money on buying more products so So here's a great thing this stuff is lifestyle uh friendly whether you eat paleo uh, keto vegan dairy free gluten free Mm -hmm. it's fine it's got less than one gram of sugar uh no gmos which is very important for me and my family no nasty chemicals or artificial anything it's really good stuff so uh this is what we're going to say to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase i have the travel packs i will be using the travel packs you don't have to refrigerate the travel packs all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash foxes again that's athleticgreens.com slash foxes move over joe rogan to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance thank you to athletic greens for sponsoring this episode of catching foxes and my body so good it's so good perfect freaking timing that's providential it is. Yeah. It is. The Lord wanted this to happen, especially since I have a part of my show notes thing as I have a quote that someone quoted you on. And it was pretty cool. The quote, I, I enjoyed it. It was about meta. Meta. Are we making the podcast right now? We are. See, we I are. never know when you guys this start. The, so like, meta. this is the show. It is, this is it. Yeah, this is sweet. Yeah. You and you and uh, Leah Darrow never know when, <laughs> when we are starting. Is she the America? Leah Darrow is the is the uh, uh, model formerly known as America's Top Model. Yeah, I never met yes. her, but I know a lot of people think she's cool and stuff. Oh, she, she is, is very cool. nice. She's, she's very cool, nice. and she's married to like a green beret, and she lives in the woods and Whoa. farms and stuff like that. Wow, that's really something. So you're huge now. How's that going for you? (laughs) Physically and by reputation. Oh, Oh. by reputation. I see. (laughs) I was like, how does he know my deepest insecurities? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do you want to get yourself an Apple Watch and join our challenge? No. uh, uh, Funnily enough, I was going to eat my lunch, which is wings, while we talked. But now I definitely want. I'll just eat a banana. (laughs) No, you're fine. You're fine. Dude, the Pillar Catholic was the best thing you could have possibly done. I think the stuff that you guys are doing is incredible. Yeah, I think thank, – thank you for saying that. I think um, I'm very proud of what we're doing. Uh, we, you know, we're just like a little more than a year old, and I'm super proud of what we're doing, and I think God has just really blessed this project. Um uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and allowed us, I think, to actually be of service to the church in a couple ways, and I'm proud of that. So yeah, it's been great. It's been a good, great. God's up there in heaven, being like, "Yes, JD, tell everyone how corrupt the Vatican is." <laughs> yes, JD, do 
<laughs> and if you can if you can frame it as an NBA draft or a horse race, even better. <laughs> Learn how I to don't. trivialize financial fraud. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Your email, the the stuff that you guys are doing. I mean, honestly, like the stuff that you guys are doing is so important and it's so good that even I feel guilty enough to not delete your emails when they come in and I, re- I read them and nice. then I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to archive this. I'm going to archive this. I don't know when I'm going to need it in the future, but I'm going to archive this. Is that good? But you might. I really, hey, I really appreciate that. I, 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 by the way, have no email management whatsoever. So the most impressive part of me about that is that you manage your inbox so nicely. Um, cause I just yeah. let them all come in. Um, Luke does too. I see him. Um, but uh, thank you. Well, don't 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 be carried away. That, that's about all I do for the email <laughs> management. I, I discovered that people with ADHD have a system called Piling. Yeah, and that is how they organize. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, I want to show you around wow. my office right now, which is just piles on top. Like uh, in one corner of my office, I actually have a pile of suitcases from different trips. Because rather than empty out one, I just <laughs> put clothes in a new one and keep, is... keep on moving. <laughs> do you know oh, what I'm doing um, right now? Is like so the. Uh, shower that i prefer to use is in our is uh downstairs and so in the couch in the basement is a pile of clean clothes yeah. and when i shower to change i just go over to the yeah. pile uh, okay okay now. Wiser. <laughs> until until i mean I, I have no doubt that aaron listens to every episode of catching foxes so she was nonetheless. <laughs> and the best part for me is this is the downstairs office but everything's upstairs but i don't want to like wear pants five seconds after i come home from work so i have a dresser here just filled with my gym shorts and uh, sweatpants that I can come oh, in and take off my nice dress wow. clothes, leave them on the floor for the next day, wow. and immediately be pantified. You know, my yeah. grandpa, this is an aside, I suppose, but my grandpa used to come home from the office every day, take off his pants, hang them up on a, on a, on a, on a hanger in the, in the hall closet, and then just boxer it around. Oh, legend. I mean, that's, it was, that's legend. I learned a that's lot about things just by... Yeah. You know, my grandpa not being especially careful about how about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, grandpa uh, has three nuts. Okay. New, <laughs> you learn something new every day. But also, could you please close right, your legs? Please, for the love of God, here's a blanket or something. Yeah. <laughs> here's a pillow. Grandma knit it. <laughs> oh, man. So how's, like, I, I'm just curious because like, you're, in, you're in a really fun spot, I, I think, in terms of when, you, of when you start a new thing of where you've done it for about a year now. Oh, right. I mean, it's been about a year. Yeah, we launched. Uh, we launched at the beginning right? of January last year, so we're we're a year in wow. a couple weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, of where it's just like, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure you're probably just going so fast that it's hard to kind of take stock. But have you been like, have you been able to like have a minute where you thought, oh, this is kind of cool that's going this way? Have you been able to enjoy the um, a success that you guys have have had? And I, I don't know if you put it that way or not. I, I honestly, I'm amazed that you guys say these things because we still don't know. We feel very blessed we've been able to break some big news and then we've been able to make some stories that have had an impact on those kinds of things. So we feel very blessed. But we don't we, we don't have a gauge like on how we, we pay attention to like our traffic, but we don't have a gauge into like how much we've sort of penetrated the Catholic, the universe of the Catholic, you know, the sort of conscience of the Catholic universe. So we don't we feel very – I feel – I don't want to speak for Ed, but I feel very proud of where we are. And, and what I'm happy about the most is that I genuinely feel more like I'm using uh, the set of gifts and experiences that I've had up to this point in their fullness for the kingdom. And I like – and I can be proud of that. But I don't know if I yet have a sense of like the degree to which people even know about us or we're making an impact or something mm-hmm. like that entirely. You know. Question for you. Are you, or not are you, but when will you 
sell pillar the pillar to EW. <laughs> I'd love for them to give us a number. I'd love, I'd love, I'd love for them to make us an offer. I want to see some Franciscan friar just slide an index card right, exactly. face down across the desk exactly. and then say to you, if you have to look at it, this deal is off and you have to just, you know, you flip it over and it's like six rosaries and, uh, you know, and a, a, a spiritual bouquet. But, and a, and a, a, like a, a Mother Angelica mug or something like that. A Mother Angelica. You know how Mother <laughs> Angelica had the one habit when she first started and then her order kind of reformed and then she mm. had a different habit? What if yeah. if the uh, when you poured a hot drink into the mug, the, the, her habit oh, changed? Oh, switches habits. How cool would that be? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If they offered me one of those, I, I, you know, I'd have to think about it pretty seriously. Oh, that's really cool. You're like, but Ed, when you put hot <laughs> liquids in it, like tea, it changes her habit. It's different. Yeah. yeah. We had to sell. <laughs> By the way, I will be living in this mug with my wife and children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you want to know how many times anyone in the church has gotten like a position or, or not in the church, but it's like a thing happens where there's stuff going on. So okay, well, here's like an example. When... When Hallow hired Kevin, oh, what's his name? Because Hallow got like forty a million dollars. The Hallow got the so thing. much money from a venture capitalist, yeah. and I have some serious questions. Is Hallow your guys' sponsor or anything? Okay, no, I have no, no questions we, about that. Yeah. No. Ooh. So when, uh, well, I will say this: when they hired Kevin. Uh, to be in charge of their content thing, I said on on LinkedIn, I put Catching Foxes is very much for sale. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not afraid of it. Like we will absolutely, I will sell this to the highest bidder in a heartbeat. If there are a lot of zeros there, (laughs) if it's like, you know, $10,000, I'd be like, well, you know, one thing that we've been trying to figure out is kind of patreon.com slash CF. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One thing we've been trying to figure out, thanks to um, people who support our work at pillarcatholic.com slash subscribe is, um, is, is that what, uh, you know, so we're, we're kind of a year in, and it's been a honeymoon year. But then year two is a make or break year. Like, does this work, right? Mm-hmm. And is this sustainable? This album and, too. Yeah, exactly. Right? Is this sustainable, etc.? Or you know, same thing, kind of for like Aladdin to Return of Jafar. Is the franchise is the Aladdin franchise going to work or not? Uh, um, and I would say, is this Lion King two? Yikes! What about Lion King one point five? Just more Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. So are we? Are you Timon or are you Pumbaa? Let's be honest. Are we about to make Lion King 2 or Frozen 2, right? I mean, that's what I got to figure out now. Um, <laughs> um, so one of the things we've been thinking about then is, so, like, what's, what, what, what are the new things that we do this year? What are the things? And one of the things that we're trying to figure out is, is there a way for us to give other, uh, other voices, other perspectives a, a launch? You know what I mean? For us to be able to, like, see people who are doing news reporting but other things, too, kind of using the um, – subscriber base that we've built and the credit, you know, if we have any credibility and, and yeah, I don't sure. know quite what that looks like, but we really, you know, there are a lot of people who have, who, who have the prospect of kind of interesting stories and a lot more things that need to be told even than we can do. So that's kind of, so we are sort of trying to figure out how do we broaden sort of participation in this, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys, I, I just, just be curious, uh, like how do you have meetings? So when like, you know, I'm like you and Ed Alcondon, who is your own partner. Yeah in all of this do you guys do it all over skype do you guys go and um, do you guys like um, meet every a month or every um, quarter like do you guys like go somewhere yeah we um we uh and we have we have one other person who works with us our friend um, michelle rosa who works for the pillar um as a a kind of she's been on maternity leave now for a little while so um but she's coming back i think i don't she's coming back i mean she's got to come back sometime um you're like it's been two weeks get back on (laughs) she's coming back sometime easy 
Taylor Marshall. I'm sorry, <laughs> I think she's been gone for like several months, guys. Um, but um, <laughs> we, we don't know where but she she's is. invaluable to the podcast. <laughs> but she, she genuinely is. But no, we have a, a morning call. Um, and then we like are just texting. We use an app called Signal for most of our. Um, so yeah. we have we're just texting on Signal kind of all day, and then we keep it secret. What's that? Keep it safe. Yeah, keep your secret. Keep it safe secret. Keep it safe. Then we probably, Do you guys use Proton Mail? No. Um, we. Uh, oh. But, oh. <laughs> sorry, we probably talk on the phone like I don't know a lot, and then uh, and then I go out to DC, or Ed comes here, or we meet somewhere probably once every other month for like. Working on projects together, and then how is the business going? So there's like the news side of it, and then how's the business sort of going, as it were. Um, when you have those on meetings, how do you try to split that up? Because I've I've found that to be kind of hard with us. Like we just go back and forth all the time, and it's it's, yeah. it's just is one kind of big uh, blob. And I think we, I I'm always trying to find a way to be better at how do I f- like turn off my brain for content and just like handle the accounting part. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know. We're both more inclined to care about the journalism. Um, you know what I mean? So basically we talk about the journalism for a long time and then we like, then we talk for like three minutes, like, holy crap, is there ever going to be a way that this can be sustainable? And then we kind of just, uh, no, uh, you know, kind of, we're definitely not (laughs) oriented towards the business side of it, but we've had some good kind of advisors on that. And, you know, the day-to-day business, part of Michelle's job is that Michelle does this sort of day-to-day, you know, making sure freelancers get paid and making sure we're paying the invoices that we get and those kinds of things. But then the big picture is sort of what are our business strategies kind of. We've just had to sit down. Yeah, once, whenever we're together, we make ourselves sit down for an hour and just talk out, okay, what's in the bank account? How are we doing on subscribers? What are other mechanisms of making this work? Because it is, you know, you guys know this. We don't like to think about it as a, we don't like to think about it as a sort of money-making proposition because our aim is not to be profitable, but it has to work. You know what I mean? We have to do Mm -hmm. this as a full-time job. It has to work, you know? So we just have to sit ourselves down and 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 push okay what are what are the things that are going to make this work and then we get a, we've gotten so much good advice from people who know how to how to do stuff oh that's that's really cool you're i, I think one thing that i really um that i really appreciate about you is like you're coming from you're coming from um like a real place of like you have a profound um, faith and that just is so like evident in just like everything the like both like ed and you ought to do and but you're so even keel about everything. Like you seem so like when like big stuff happens yeah. that people tend to lose their mind about. Like I uh, I think it was a thing out in what diocese was it that had the, the thing where it's like if you are trans you can't you really can't receive or something. Yeah, the you, diocese like, market like, Michigan said, like, and the, the real yeah. there were there I think there are really uh, legitimate criticisms of their policy and a lot of people are really 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 ticked about it and um, you know. What diocese is that? The diocese of Marquette, Michigan. So it's the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Okay. Because I, because I think a lot of times within the church, as we're having this sort of like big, not like infight. I mean, I'm I'm really off sort of. So I don't I don't know like what's going on in like that space. But there seems to have been over this past couple of years a real like I'm back and forth of like people being like angry at certain bishops or like why can't you just do X? Yeah. And I think what I really like about well like you guys is you say well like well what does X actually look like? Right. And if they say do this, what is this? And so have you ever had a moment because you're just so even where where you're just and you have to say like oh, which one? But like I'd be I would be curious to know when you have like a holy shit type of a moment like. How how often does that actually happen for you? I'm working oh, in the church or like doing things. I'm like, it's where you're like, oh my gosh, this is so, or this is so insane or this is so bad or this is so good. Like, how do you, I, how often does that actually I happen? I have to confess my attitude about certain bishops, like the way the resentment or frustration that I not only sort of hold, have, but uh, allow to fester in my heart to be sure. I have to confess that. 
you know, like any, like, and I was going to say like any other person, but I realize most people probably have the good fortune of not paying enough attention to the church that they, like, have a list of bishops they have to confess their dispositions about. But I have to confess that because <laughs> I do pay attention to it, and of course I have opinions about it. But I, I try, I, I, it is so important to me that if we're going to talk about these things, we start out on a basis of what the hell are we actually talking about, that I have to keep that stuff in check. It would be far more, I mean, you guys can imagine, if what Ed and I wanted to do is pop off every day about bishops that we think are good and bad, we would not have to have any business meetings because we could make a crap ton of money. You know, I mean, it would be far more sort mm-hmm. of, um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, lucrative to just pop off. But everybody, what's the point? What is the point? I mean, if we can get to the facts of some of these things and understand what they what they actually mean and translate some of it out of Ecclesia into the English language, um, you know, then the church ha- is able to sort of look at what's true and what's not true and assess it. And we're able to just help people understand what their bishops are doing or not doing and maybe cut down on false perceptions. About things. And that seems to me to be so much more useful than just here's who JD's sort of cleverly popping off on. If that, you know what I mean? The OSV challenge is back for 2022 brought to you by the OSV Institute for Catholic innovation. I love this idea. The OSV challenge is a multi-round entrepreneurial competition designed to accelerate unique project ideas in any stage from Catholics whose faith motivates them to make a difference. Seeking people with ideas ready to impact the church that deserve to be nurtured, cultivated, and taken to new heights. I love this. I think this is brilliant. We need to do venture capital in the kingdom, right? Use Mm -hmm. modern tools in order to build up the church. The OSV challenge invests over $1 million annually. And these Catholic innovators to make this happen. New for 2022, OSV Institute has developed four new tracks for applications to the OSV Challenge for the purpose of expanding relevant content and uncovering how best to support the dynamic and different needs of each track. $500,000 prizes. Five of them. Five $100,000 prizes. Five this year. That's great. At least one winner from each track. That's awesome. Applications open January 31st, so next week, 2022. Visit osvchallenge.com for full details and to apply by February 18th. So January 31st, it opens and it ends on February 18th. Uh, And you can have uh, recourse to the website for even more content. Text if you need it, it's all good, baby. They're great. I love the people at OSV. They're all like this Jason. is a cool They're challenge. Wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah. yeah, I had a chance to go on a visit them their uh, a site maybe three years ago now, and I was so impressed. I was so so impressed with what they're doing, and like they are kind of a hidden giant of the church here in the states that's really coming back out to uh, to the forefront. So I'm really excited about what they're doing. Yeah. So this is great stuff. And let's not forget that our friends uh, Anna and Shannon over at Eden oh, Invitation, yeah. Yeah. they were winners. Yeah. Um, which is I just love. So uh twenty twenty OSV Challenge Femme Catholic, um, also a winner. Um, how to walk your friends through abortion. Like they do tons of stuff to minister to women. There's so much cool stuff that is out there that deserves to be recognized. So thank you to uh OSV, the OSV Challenge for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Head over to OSVChallenge.com for more details. Can I say something though? Like, and I need help in this. And this is what I've realized. So when the sex abuse scandal happened, the summer of scandal, right, and all that stuff two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, you know, one of the common refrains of people like Bishop Barron who are out there and like, yes, this is awful. You know, they're not hiding. They're not defending, you know, all that stuff. They, they say, hold our feet to the fire, right? That's what they say. The laity need to hold the bishop's feet to the fire, make sure that what we're doing is real reform and not just smoke and mirrors. How, how do you do that? If I can't, like, I can't get a meeting with the Cardinal. Right. I can't get, you know, and the people who, who I mean, let's be honest, right? You, you think of, when people think of the church, they think of bishops and priests serving the laity and, and doing their priestly thing. But in, in reality, 
it's a swollen bureaucracy at the chancery, at the USCCB, at, at, at everything. It's just it, – it not, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's like any organization that it's growing, it's big, it's self-justifying. I mean, those Pope Francis is critiquing Evangelium Gaudi, that it's self-referential. And, and our stuff. friends who work in this – you know, our, your friends, my friends, yeah. people we went to with, who work in the yes. swollen bureaucracy of the USCCB, who, who, have in all, who, who want to serve the church and are there because they love the church and have some expertise, would also say, yeah, this is a – Yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, and I say this because, like – I value their role. I value the bishops. I value you're the apostolic successors. But I can't get a meeting with anyone. And if I do get a meeting with someone, they they're gonna absorb it and then they're gonna be like, all right, that person was a kook. All right, that person was, you know, just an angry. And it's like, but you I'm supposed to hold your feet to the fire. What am I supposed to do? Write an op-ed? Like it's I feel you know what I mean. You know what I mean? Like this this kind of uh I I do. It's yeah, and that's why that's part of the reason why I feel like the popping off Again, very lucrative, but kind of stupid, because um, because it doesn't change anything. So part of uh, maybe to your question, Luke, p- part of what we're trying to do, and why, yeah, I totally get pissed about stuff, but part of what we're trying to do is the only way I know how to hold people's feet to the fire is to put what they're doing into the street. And sometimes I wish I could do it another way, like all this Vatican finance reporting that we do. I wish I could just like send a newsletter just to the Pope and some other big Vatican guys once a week that just says like, here's what we know you're doing. You know what I mean? Because most other people don't need to know about it. At the same time, it's the fact that other people know about it that is a corrective. Um, you know what I mean? And so in a certain way, I, I feel like in a certain way it almost uses – I'm not in a bad way, but the fact that we have an audience is almost exploited to affect reform because they're embarrassed that people would know about their bad things. Um, yeah. But that's not so, – so, so when we bring things into the light, it's, it's in part because we think that there are things that are in need of reform. And I, I do in a certain way wish there was a better – mechanism for that. I mean, it would be cool if every diocese had a paid diocesan ombudsman whose job was like a, a, pay, a, a court prophet. I, I guess the problem with court prophets is they never tell the truth if you look at scripture, but it'd be cool if there was some system, <laughs> right? But it'd be cool if there was some system where there could be sort of someone whose job was accountability in the public interest within the system. Um, but there's not. And so, mm. you know, that, that does create problems. And mm-hmm. it's the reason why, you know, like the Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, who I actually am a big fan of his, like, every time the guy gives a speech, I'm like, that guy is spot on. He does down the truth. But he doesn't, he's not a big pillar fan because he feels like we are out to embarrass the church. Um, it's yeah. my impression based upon conversations with him. We're not. But at the same time, we also recognize the only way to do that thing, which Bishop Barron said or Pope Francis said or whatever, that we can think of is to say these are the things that are going on behind closed doors that we think people would want to know about and we don't think you would want people to know about. Yeah, and that bothers yeah. me because it's like you're dealing with that, you know, uh, King David after the death of Saul, you know, publish it not abroad so that the Gentiles mock, you know, Israel and all this stuff. And that that had been used to cover up stuff, right? And uh, but even when like like I'm not a I'm not a online critical jerk person, somewhat I am, but I would like a venue, an avenue to contact my local ordinary and like, hey, I feel com- so. Here, I, let me put li- it this what way: what you would actually like is a synod on synodality, and I'm not joking. So around. shit! I am in charge of it at my be. parish. <laughs> it is the most painful thing. The archdiocese. You want to talk about bureaucracy? This is a bureaucratic nightmare. Oh, no doubt. It is literally, literally. We had this woman go, and she she got trained, and she said, "I cannot think." of a more convoluted and difficult way to go about this process. And it's all in a kindergarten font to yeah, top it off. Yeah, it's, it's, but wouldn't it be cool if what, if what was actually happening was 
hey, uh, and actually some dioceses have kind of done this, and it's really cool. Wouldn't it be yeah. cool if what actually was happening was like, hey, it's been a rough couple of years. Um, we want you to get together in your parish and tell us what you see, good, bad, and ugly. And then we're going to ask you guys to write reports, and then some of you come to the chancery and tell us the same thing, and we really want to hear it and just understand the state of things for people who practice the faith and love. That would be super cool. It's not what it is, but it seems like that maybe is maybe what the Pope thought maybe it could be. That was kind of the point of the national dialogue, though, right? <laughs> you remember that? You remember that make work program? I don't remember. Yeah. What no, I actually don't. I don't. It was a couple of years ago because I, I was a little bit. It was some. It was some, the idea was that people tell the parish, the parish tells the diocese, they they tell this other other person. Um, when was and that? And it kind of like goes. It that was, was like, about sorry, four years uh, ago. I can't work my Apple Watch apparently, and it's all it's screwing up my. You guys life. say Apple Watch so yeah. much that if the, if you, if this is not product placement, it, it should be. Oh no, we, we we're gonna have a segment and stuff about this. And all, that's a whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean, I'm right there with you. The national what was it called? The national dialogue. It was the national dialogue. Yeah, and the yeah. Idea it was, was four years ago. What was going on, and I they don't know flew what me and Luke out, or me and Luke went out to the USCCB for the young and adult it was the adult thing, and it was part, and they wanted to talk about it while while yeah. we were there. Huh. Oh gosh, that was painful. I don't remember that at all. The national dialogue. I don't know US... what ended up. Happening See, that's my fear. It. That that's all this is. It's just more. So I, I've been reading a lot of Wendell Berry. Maybe you've heard of him. I'm already a farmer. We have not gotten more. Oh dear, Gomer, please stop this new obsession emails. That since I opined that farming sounds like the life for me, uh, which everyone <laughs> who criticized it was absolutely correct. Um, but Wendell Berry talks about uh, this great line that I, I gave a talk at this pro life event. And I was drawn from his thing, and he said you – know, he's talking about the environmentalist movement. He says, I don't want to be a part of a movement uh, where people aren't living it in their daily lives. His was much more interesting than that. He said, because whenever it becomes this thing that's external to my life, that's where you become self-righteous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, he could have written that yesterday, and he wrote it in 1968. And I feel like the, – and, and the other parts he said was, uh, these are not problems that are solved by big national governmental efforts – these are problems that are solved at its lowest yeah. location, mm-hmm. really getting to know real people. And that, to me, that was like the, – here's the good side of the synod on synodality. It's forcing us to ask our ex-Catholics, hey, why did you leave the church? And that is it. Like I, I'm not going to – the church is not going to change. The dogmas are not going to be put to a vote except in Germany. You know, like uh, <laughs> that's about it. If bishops were smart, they'd say, okay, let's have this, and then at the end of it, we'll have heard from all these ex-Catholics, and we'll use what they told us in a judo way to make a more focused plan for the proclamation of the gospel to them. Um, I don't think that will happen in most places, but if it did, it'd be awesome. Or let's hear why let's hear why practicing Catholics are struggling, and then let's find a way to do synodality with um, diocesan and parish employees in a way that's anonymized because they uh, will otherwise not say anything of value, but genuinely yep. hear what this experience that experience is like, and about among yeah. our presbyter too, and blah blah blah. Yeah, maybe yep, yep, yep. I mean maybe not deacons because you know. But. We did a yeah, we did a podcast on it. We called it a podcast on podcastality. That's the name of it because it's so stupid. Yeah. What a neologism! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Ne- um, how concerned should I be about this whole um, uh, this whole um, uh, thing coming out of like Germany um, with Benedict? 
Well, we I just recorded a podcast about that. Ed and I just got off our show when I when I called you and then ended up on your show and we were <laughs> we were just talking about that. Um I think that it is probably the case that Benedict acted like every bishop between 1977 and 1982 and the guy did a very bad thing. You know, the four guys probably did abusive things and Benedict probably did one degree or another with some of them put them back in ministry after psychological therapy because in 1977-1982 that's what every bishop in the western world did. I hate that that would be the case for Benedict the Sixteenth, but there's no reason for me to think it wouldn't be. I don't think he's lying when he says this is not exactly how I remember it, and sends some eighty pages of evidence and these kinds of things. I don't think he's going to be convicted, you know, charged with a crime in Germany because the statute of limitations and all these other things. But do I think Benedict more or less administered a diocese the way that everybody administered a diocese, nineteen seventy-seven to nineteen eighty-two? Yeah, of course. Worried is an interesting thing. Um, before 2018, there's a lot that I didn't understand. Uh, before 2018, I, I spent like 10 years working on what we call priest personnel cases, working as a canon lawyer on priests in misconduct for dioceses as a consultant to dioceses, these kinds of things. And there were so many things we didn't know that now it's like, how did you not think about the power dynamics of a relationship between a pastor and a parishioner? How did that never enter your mind? And I asked myself that, but it didn't. It just was not mm-hmm. on the radar of the way that we thought about these things. And so now I think about ways that I was involved in the handling of things that totally missed the, the boat on some important aspects of it. And I have a lot of regret for that, and I have to be contrite about that and those kind of things. But um, does that mean that I think that the people, who you know, that I or others was um, willfully, you know, um, um, malevolent about it or kind of trying to cover it up to spare the embarrassment? No, we just... I have a totally different understanding of so many aspects of sexuality involving clerics than I did six years ago, and that is what it is. And I think that's true for Benedict, mm-hmm. too. What he mm-hmm. thought about these things, 1977 and 1982, was false. And I think he didn't follow the law of the church on it, because prob- I suspect he didn't follow the law of the church on it, as no bishop did in that time. Worried about it? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, we should not be surprised that a guy who was a bishop in that time exhibited the exact systemic failures that every bishop of that time seems to have exhibited. Yeah. And that's, but I, I think it's, it's kind of uh, funny that even that like you, that you said like why the word I will worry. And then I talked about that. Cause I think for me, my, my whole thing was like, like, what am I worried about? And I think it's, I'm going to be, I'm worried that I'm, I'm going to be disappointed in how yeah. he handled it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, and that there, there is a problem that's like, I don't want his credibility to be shot because it's so important things that he has said and he's done that uh i i do worry about that a, a bit but it's it's more i think just on a, like a personal thing i um you know I want like him to when, be perfect <laughs> well, well no but like when like all the mccarrick stuff came out and it was like john paul too like he knew some, yeah. he hurts some stuff or something and he basically said mm, i don't really unbelieve that and i knew through all like all the reasons why about how he was willing to more trust on priests over you know on accusations because of his experience um of like fascism and and you know other things unlike that and it, but it's still like it's still like hurts yeah. oh yeah you know and that's where i think i'm worried about like i don't want to be hurt by this which is yeah. it sounds a little bit absurd but it's it's been a lot of that totally so. i think and like um the uh, um, closer to home a couple years ago when the stuff about Steubenville was coming out you know, mm-hmm. Sc- Father mm-hmm. Scanlon gravely mishandled things, and uh, gosh, that hurt. it just hurts. It's like, you know. Yeah. Um, so I then have to internalize my perception of the person in relationship to those things. Does it make me think the things that Father Scanlon said weren't true or John Paul II said weren't true? or been? No, but this person was not all one thing, and I want them to be. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's our, I, I, you know, when you love something, you want to protect it. 
even irrationally, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, you know, our, our emotional love for the church, you know, I mean, it's just like I remember listening to the FBI, uh, some FBI agent talking about why do they cover up things, you know, when the cover up is often worse than the crime. And his thing is like, because you, you love it and you don't want its record being tarnished because of one bad person. But what you find out is that becomes part of the culture. And now you have hundreds of people covering up hundreds of other things. Right. And now you realize, oh, crap, there, there is something rotten at the core. Like we've let this, we've let this whole thing endure, you know. I've long thought that bishops, and I, I think I've seen this um, play out, that bishops who systemically, maybe Benedict fits into this category, who systemically didn't handle these things according to canon law, let alone according to kind of a deep, a better Christian anthropology, um, had the misfortune of having to be the legal and authoritative judges for men who are effectively their sons. You know, it's a terrible mm -hmm. position for a bishop to be in because the church says, love your priests like your sons, love your priests like your sons, love your priests like your sons. And if they do something bad, treat them as would a judge and a, and a, and a criminal suspect. And that, to make that, if my son were accused of doing something bad, I would see him first before I saw the, the hurt person. And I'm not saying I wouldn't want my son to be held accountable, blah, blah, blah. But my first thought would be for the healing of my son and his health and yep. well-being and naturally he's my son. Um, but for a bishop, that's uh, becomes a, a difficult blind spot to navigate. See, my son is a Bengals fan. So <laughs> I just, I'm like, condemn, condemn, condemn. <laughs> so, the Bengals won well, a playoff then, game, right? For the first time. Is this was, the first one or what? Uh, since, and first one in, they were in the Super Bowl twice. Thank you. Back, oh, back in yeah. the 80s. Uh, first time in 31 years. Wow. I was seven years is old. Ocho Cinco so still in a little. It? No, no, he's long gone. Uh, everyone from that era is gone. But I, I got a little emotional. I'm not going to lie. Uh, got a little all choked up when they won. It was a big deal. So that's great. Who, who are you a fan of football? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just <laughs> I feel like you're more of a badminton. I'm guy. kind of a badminton guy. You know, like I I like to follow the college game a little bit. Um, but no, I don't. Um, yeah. and and God, I said that I it sounded really pretentious, and I kind of don't like it now. But, um. <laughs> I I prefer I prefer high school football. <laughs> game of the purest. Yeah, I, I uh I so much love the game that I only watch middle school Pop Warner uh you know. <laughs> Actually that <laughs> sounds weird too. Damn it. Just every, yes, every direction yeah. is not good on this. <laughs> Should we just stop Let's up watch talk sports about as something a whole? else? Did anyone watch yeah. Macbeth? The tragedy of Macbeth starring Denzel no. Washington? I got I had a bit of a covid scare so I didn't go see it and I'm crushed. Don't tell me anything about it. I want to be Surprise! I love the Cohen brothers. Well, I love the. Okay, Cohen I'm not going to talk about it. I had no idea there was a Michael Fassbender version that turned it into an action movie. Did you know this? No. It came out like 2016, 2014, something like that. So I wanted to watch them both back to back, but I did not. I did not. I said I watched Linus Tech Tips on YouTube and something about homesteading. How, what What role did the witches play in the action movie? Oh, you don't know. You didn't see it. I didn't. I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. The 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 new one. They are creepy AF. Good. Creepy AF. Cool. Something wicked in this way comes. It's what it, I love that play in high school. Like everyone does. I like that. I like the Great Gatsby. I'm sorry. What is JD? No, you hit that. No, book. but what is AF? What does that stand for? Is that like a term? Yeah, Gomer. Is that a term? As for. <laughs> oh, I always forget that you guys don't mind. Like, that I can't put, possibly put you guys in an awkward position of that kind. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take my pants off right now on camera. I don't care. Last week, last week, me and Luke were recording. 
And I had some friends over, and I said, listen, guys, you know, love y'all. I know you're leaving soon, but I got to go record with Luke. So I go into my office, which is downstairs, and they're screaming and yelling. I'm like, can you guys just keep it down a little bit? So they get quiet. I'm sitting there. I'm talking to Luke, and I lean forward when he doesn't look, and I close the lid of my camera so I can take my pants off like a gentleman. So I take my pants off. So I'm sitting in this room. It's incredibly hot in this room, and my pants are off, and I'm just talking to Luke. I think my friends are gone (laughs) because it's all quiet. The, one of the little girls opens oh, the door to no. my office, and I go, get out, get out, get out. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit. You're oh, just shit. peeing in a Gatorade bottle talking to Luke. Gosh. <laughs> like a gentleman. Wait, did, you guys, yeah. did you guys just go uh, – Did you? Uh, did, my brother-in-law, who is in your household, just went on a sort of household um, hunting trip. Did you guys go on that, or is that not your generation? Uh, no it one is. loves us. It is. Uh, I did uh, not even know about no, it. Shoot. Number one, dang, never. It happened. Okay. It happened. <laughs> no, it <laughs> happened right near my house, and I was sort of invited with no follow-up. Oh, dang. So yes, I am bitter. Awkward. Yes, I am very bitter. Oh no, no, and it's fine. Who was it? No. Who? My no. Brother, I'm, my brother, once I tell you, you Luke, you'll give me. Blank. Oh yeah, no. It's not, like, tell me who out of all my friends. Oh, who I don't all know the names of other AMTG people. I only know you guys and him. It's probably the Denver and the Texas people, which would make sense. Yeah, <sighs> some of the Texas. People. Oh my gosh, I feel terrible now. Kind of, <laughs> I only feel terrible <sighs> in, under the prospect that my brother-in-law is going to give me a hard time now. But mm, you know, my household, well, my whole household went on vacation last summer or two summers ago, and uh, we didn't get to go. We couldn't go; it just didn't work out for us to go. And they had like now they're all bonded with each other's kids and like why yeah. and stuff and we're like I don't know any I don't know any of their kids' names except my one godson. I'm turning forty, May twenty fifth, right? So now that you know, you owe me a present. But I sent a text to Luke and, and our our group of high school or high school our freshman group of friends. There's four of us and, in a WhatsApp group, and I was like, "Hey, I'm turning forty on May twenty fifth. Does anyone want to party with me?" <laughs> and they were like, "Anywho." <laughs> that's not true <laughs> what i hope is that when i turn 40 in october i some i some friend will be like hey uh i need to pick you up because i need help with blah 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 and then we'll drive and then we'll end up at a surprise roast um because i think it would be fun to <laughs> <for us>. <laughs> that would be fun yeah we just jump. i've got some issues here <laughs> one it's actually just one person in the car but he's got like a whole, whole <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in a room full of people, but it's just Luke roasting me. Right, right. <laughs> oh, right. It's just a chair and like a light hanging over you. Okay, now year two. Remember that time you got pizza and you didn't invite me? <laughs> yeah. Right. Or it's just your wife, and they keep referring to it instead of a roast as an intervention, and you're like, "This is not a good roast." <laughs> <laughs> I got a tux for no right, reason. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Someone get me a drink. Why is there no alcohol yeah. here? I have a bunch of one-liners here. A lot of zingers. I've been watching a lot of Don Rickles on YouTube. <laughs> when is it my turn? <laughs> <laughs> they always get a chant at the end. Yeah. I'm I told my daughter the other day, uh, I told her a a Rodney Dangerfield joke, and uh, I I thought this was funny. So I've I've shared this before, but it's, uh, I went to the proctologist the other day, and he shoved, I'm so ugly, I went to the proctologist the other day, and he shoved his finger in my mouth. (laughs) I think that joke is one of the funniest I have ever heard. I told that to my daughter. And she doesn't know what a proctologist is. And it's just like a ticking time bomb now <laughs> that when she remembers, because I've told the joke like 30 or 40 times. I'm like, I want them to uh, know this and to ask. <laughs> but then she's like, what is a proctologist? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Oh so in the meantime, you haven't gotten no, no respect for that one. But I, no, but respect, no respect, no respect at all. Pop. 
Yeah. Oh, I'm just so hoping funny. that she doesn't, you know, Google proctologist and do an image search. <laughs> <laughs> well, that feels like a, as good of a note as any to end it. Yeah. Hey, everyone, uh, I do have to go. This is sad. JD, we have to, I have to go. I got to drive two hours in freezing cold rain to go give a talk. Oh, well. Bunch of college students. Bunch of college students. I may it be. Uh, may it be. Guys, I went to, uh, this is not a commercial, but I know you have to go, but I'll just say this. I, I went to the University of Mary this week. Um, have you guys ever been there? No, but I've heard good things about it. It's super cool. I thought it was just, I thought it was going to be in the vein of our alma mater, the Francis University of Louisville and Benedictine and Ave Maria and kind of be the same. But it's diff- it's intentionally different from those places. Um, How so? It's not kind of. Crew cuts. They all have they crew all cuts. Have crew cuts. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's on a hill in a kind of a town that you'd never otherwise go to. So you're thinking, oh, it's Steubenville. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's not um, a liberal arts college like where it's like we want everyone to be a liberal arts major or a theology major. They're intentional that all the ma- most of the majors are like very are things that you would otherwise go to a state school for. So like construction management, physical therapy. Um, they have a really, really good like, oh, cool. kind of different kinds of accounting and stuff like that. And so they're drawing a different kind of kid um, as a result of that. And I would say I asked some professors and they said probably about 50 percent of the kids who go there go there because of the Catholicity. And the rest go there because of the majors or because it's pretty inexpensive or because they're from there. And and that's by design, too. They're, like, intentional that they yeah. don't want it to be 100 percent Catholic kids, but that they would build a culture which is um, – which is uh, infectious for the other. And so, like, a lot of the, like, formation – one priest was telling me this. A lot of the formation for the kids who are Catholic is like, hey, our Catholicity is to be normal and joyful and available <laughs> because look at all these people around here who don't know the Lord and could because of you. So it's, like, very – it's not theoretical how are you going to sort of leave yeah. here in X, Y, Z. It's like what can we do right now to make a cool culture that is – yeah. So I thought that it was neat. cool. Uh, there's a preacher. I'm so I feel so bad. I'm drawing a blank on his name. I, I feel like this has got to be like either a stroke or a COVID thing. He went to a oh, Franciscan while we were there. He Why was, not both? Um, he was in the brothers. Um, I think it's um, Bobby Shea. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, Bobby Shea. Yeah, Bobby Shea. He was a president. Oh, okay, cool. That's so awesome. So he, he um, asked um, me if I knew the, the president. Was like, do you know my brother who went to Sumville, Bobby Shea? And I was like, I didn't know any brothers. Ever and didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is that what you hate? You're us? a blessed man. <laughs> blessed man. I, I was one time given a parish mission, and these people walked in about five minutes late after I had started, and they were brothers, and they all wore their brothers' sweatshirts and sat in uh, in the front row. And I looked at them, and in the middle of it was like right after opening prayer, you know. And I looked at them, and I was like, "Get out!" <laughs> Get, and I acted like I was totally serious, and the whole place just froze. And they started laughing, and I started laughing. But yeah, brothers, man, they're the worst. Am I right? Uh, Indeed, Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. All right, I gotta go. Love you guys. All Bye. Right. Hey. Oh wait, wait, wait. Uh, where can people find the pillar? Pillarcatholic.com. Yeah, check us out at pillarcatholic.com or follow us on uh, Twitter or Facebook at things related to Pillar Catholic. If you like the work that we do, we need you. If you like the work that we do to help us keep it going, pillarcatholic.com/slash/subscribe. Cool. How many unread emails do you have sitting in your inbox? Are you wasting hours and hours of your day procrastinating? Did they do they know us? Did, is, are they like <laughs> is this written by a friend of mine? Did Kate, did Kate write this? If you're having trouble getting it done or even getting started, thesis can help. Have you left uh, <laughs> thirty-five envelopes with stickers in your glove box for six months? <laughs> Good lord, I really did that. Ah, uh, uh, it's okay.
No, but it's uh, not a, it's not a replacement for anything um, like Adderall or anything like that. But it's for people who might have a hard time with Adderall, who Adderall has some like um, uh, bad you know have bad effects on them or or, or something. Uh, I was able to speak with the, um, the CEO, really cool guy, really like he like loved um, he loved what we were doing. Uh, he, he was he thought this would be a good a good place for him to, to start to push with with what they're doing. He started nice. this on his own because he had some real um, he just had a lot of issues trying to focus and it really impacted his life in a in a, in a, in a pretty adverse way. And he's like, I just tried Adderall and stuff and it really um, messed me up and like yeah. this stuff helped and so um is, is it, you know like he said like there are some people where like you know like adderall does work and he goes and that's great uh he goes there's some people where it you know it doesn't work and this is a, this is a, not really it's not meant to be even an alternative to that nor is it meant to be a replacement for that it's just another option uh it's called like a, um, a necromance or something like that i forget the exact term I don't have, I don't have <laughs> a necromance did you just call it yeah, a necrom- that's not, yeah what, what is that? it's early <laughs> no, necro means dead it, like yeah. the next right <laughs> yeah. good. like for instance Luke, for, for about a year and a half you were a necrophiliac right Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no, this is yeah, based huge. on the science of nootropics, which are natural, Thank you. natural, <laughs> and powerful ingredients <laughs> like caffeine, ginseng, and B twelve. That I increase. was like, you know, necrom something. It's early. It's early. It is early. It is early. I will give you that, Luke. You know what you need? You need some thesis in your life. You need some nootropics to help. I like it. cut no, through well, the brain fog. Yeah, I was super. I was super impressed with them. They're very great. Um, he's gonna send a box over to Aaron. I told him how like Aaron thought it was kind of cool. He goes, "Oh, like I'll send a box over to over to um, your wife." And just like, great story, great people trying to do good, good, good stuff. So if you have um, if you have a hard time trying to focus, this could be some. This could be something that could really help um, help you out in a way that's like pretty natural and stuff. Yeah. So why don't you tell them where they can find out more stuff and say the things that I didn't say? I don't have a copy in front of me. <laughs> Okay, so this stuff is based on the science of nootropics, not necrophilia, which are natural and powerful <laughs> ingredients like caffeine, ginseng, and B12 that increase productivity, focus, energy, mental clarity, feel energized without the crash. Let's be honest, I feel that way after my third cup of coffee in the morning. Cut through brain fog to think clearly and get a little motivation to find your flow. That's my favorite one. Uh, take the three-minute online quiz, and Thesis will recommend high-quality nootropic formulas that are unique to you and your goals. Over 60,000 entrepreneurs, lawyers, engineers, busy professionals, and parents have used Thesis to get better results at work and home. Imagine what you could do. So right now, uh, Thesis is offering our listeners a special gift of 10% off your first starter kit when you visit TakeThesis.com, T-H-E-S-I-S, TakeThesis.com slash boxes. You go there and you take this quiz to discover your unique nootropic combination and save 10%. TakeThesis.com slash foxes. Make sure you go and use that URL so we can they can track that you came from us. Uh, thanks to five folks at uh, Thesis for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Hey, Luke, how are you? <laughs> hey, oh, man, what a great interview with J.D. It's so fun to have him drop in, and this is not 12 hours, 15 <laughs> hours later. We are literally recording this Friday morning before Luke goes to work. Luke, got to say, you look nice. Thank you. It's what I wear every day. Every day. Now, some days I do look a little homeless. <laughs> so my my um uh, <laughs> the other person in our development office and she's going to start to listen to the podcast and i'm going to hold you uh to that she'd probably would disagree that i look nice every day and is very um high standards for everything so Ugh. don't you hate it when uh, you work with people who are always like a notch above and, and you're constantly <laughs> judging yourself in like, accordance yeah, with just them. let me be. Let me be ugly. <laughs> it's my vocation. <laughs> I'm uh, a podcaster. Listen, there is a ceiling. <laughs> yeah, man. Man, I had a I I, I had a, an assistant who every day it was I mean, it was like she photocopied herself from perfection. And she would show mm. up and I'm like 
All right. Okay. I guess I'm going to go to the store and buy those, buy a new, you know, it's like funny. It's like, it's time to buy a new package of undershirts that actually fit with a new package of business socks without holes in them. Oh God. It is so hard to be a man in the workplace. <laughs> when I worked at the dorm, there'd be some times where I would, uh, so especially when Brittany Brown was, was there, I would like put my clothes into the dryer to like unwrinkle them out or something. Or this is on the rare occasion that I was up very early because um, <laughs> Brittany was always up very early. And she would, she would see what I was wearing. She would just have this umble look on her face. And I'd be like, listen, it's the best I can do right now. <laughs> just, just was it a, a horror look or just disgust or what? It was, it was more just of a, uh, ah, really? You're doing that? <laughs> And I was like, you know the emotional place that I'm in right now. Let me be. <laughs> I ate a gallon of ice cream while crying in a car <laughs> just one weekend ago. <laughs> yeah, so when are we going to have her on the podcast? We, sh- we should. Just like, <laughs> like Brittany's the kind of um, person who, like, her car salesman would hit on her. <laughs> like, golly. <laughs> and somehow she, I remember we were, like, we are at a bar, and this guy, and she, like, hugs this guy, and she's like, oh. I'm like, how did Brittany, I'm like, how do you know all these people? And she's like, he's the guy that sold me my car. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> Your world is not my world. <laughs> it is a little bit like, this is going to sound, this is going to sound really, really shallow. Yes, please. Our audience demands it. <laughs> There's a period of time in like the end of 2011 where I get in like super good shape, right? Yes. And all I'm saying is going out became a little bit different. Just a little bit different. You just start, you talk to more people. It's a little more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, if you take care of yourself and attract people, this is, and this is why people like to go out to bars and whatnot. It's not just the drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think that, I, I do think that also coincides with when I, because I mean, like really for us, when we would go out, for me to like 20, but it wasn't, I didn't really go out to try to like meet girls till I was like 26 or 27. Like it wasn't my objective yeah. to go out to a bar and meet a person of the opposite sex, right? Because I think at Steubenville, there's a little bit of like um, there's like not like a shame culture with that. I don't, I don't know, that sounds weird. <laughs> it just uh, like would you agree that that would have looked people would have looked down upon that though? I, I think so. I think it could be done well, but yeah, I think like I I, I think not through any sort of like. I just think it's because it just seems it's an unknown thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you. I would definitely agree with you. And I think that continued for us until our early to mid-20s where it was like you don't really meet people. at Like I, for the first girl that I actually like met at a bar that I ended up having some sort of thing with, I was 26. Yeah. Which I think for like the vast majority of all of our friends who did not go to a college like that, it's like – 20. It's going to happen and they were there illegally. <laughs> and again, I don't think it's anything like, I don't think it's like, I think the school is intensely trying to do it. I think it's a thing that, that the students have created because yeah. there was this implied sketchiness to it that actually wasn't really there. But it could be if you were weird. The one thing that killed me at Franciscan was the f- constant uh, self-regulation of students through the use of the word scandal. Right, like, remember, oh my god, remember that? Yes. And we have one friend oh, who would, gosh. oh, that's scandalous. You know, he would use it somewhat jokingly, but not really. You know, you knew that he really thought you were being sketchy, and you're like, ah, oh, come on, <laughs> scandal. Gosh, I forgot about that. What? Why do you think that happens? Oh, I just think it's the self-regulation, right? It's like we're a bunch of zealous 
people for our faith, and we have such a small, you know, for many Catholics uh, that were at Franciscan, they knew so little. But when when the container that you occupy is so small, you think you know everything because you fill that container kind of thing. And so people just thought they were the cat's pajamas and the bee's knees all the time. And Do you uh, think it's like a little bit of uh, youth? Yeah, it's the, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I think it's entirely that. I think it's entirely yeah. that. I think so too. Like like I don't like cuz it's kind of weird because while I'm just trying I'm trying to charge my watch and it's not working. I'm like I don't get you and it confuses me why I don't understand how an Apple product works. Um <laughs> I, I'm I'm very quick to like say like this is not the school's fault. This is the student culture, mm-hmm. which you could say is the school's responsibility to a certain extent. But part of it is when it's college, it's just young people. Yeah, yeah, that's just how it is. And I, I think a lot of like what some of the baggage that people have coming out of there, it's like, well, that's just you're just twenty. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I uh, speaking of college, I just was at uh, Texas A&M last night, so I had to. Uh, we were talking with J.D. Flynn. I ended the call, literally ran right out to my car, got in the car, and drove to Texas A&M and did this thing. And it was awesome. I had a, a leaders meeting, and then afterwards we did this. Um, so they had the student leaders. And then we did um, Magnify, which is Eucharistic Adoration, all this stuff. And um, and I gave a 25-minute talk on the atonement. Uh, Catholic. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I was really pissed off that they gave me 25 minutes. I took 30, but... Uh, it was, <laughs> really I looked at my thing. You, not only have you brought me out here and paid for me to be here, you have only given me 25 minutes. <laughs> Good, sir. Uh, I literally, at one point, I said some joke and they started laughing. I was, stop laughing. I only got four minutes left. Uh, <laughs> but you know what's, well, no, but the oh, funny thing was, I was, I was sitting there with the leaders. Uh, so, two things that I think are catching Fox's audience would find funny. Uh, number one is when you could register for the leader dinner, uh, <laughs> you could write a comment and someone in all capital letters went, wrote, we want Luke instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Mm, yeah, that was awesome. I'm available at Luke Carey. <laughs> yeah, LukeCarey.org <laughs> slash free thoughts. No, uh, his name no, is no, Austin. His name is Austin and he is a terrible person. And, uh, yeah, I hope he hears this. I hope he hears this. Uh, it's fair. Um. Oh, shoot, another thought, and I, I oh oh, this is kind of interesting. Sorry, if if, if well, you have more that you let want me to just say, say is one thing. You. So then they said, you know, how many? Uh, do you have any advice for people who want to go into ministry from here? And I said, raise your hands if you want to go into ministry. This is a room of like a hundred leaders, and like three people raise their hand, and I go, okay, okay, put your hands down. Raise your hand if you would actually like to have a sustainable living, uh, working any other kind of job. <laughs> they all raised their hand. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give you my best college advice. Best, like, how do, what do you do after your senior year? You go right to the bank. But sir, what does this have to do with atonement theology? <laughs> no, this was before. This was before. <laughs> This is at the this is at the leader dinner. The atonement was the talk oh, of the sorry, evening. Yeah, you're right, no, right. and he goes, sorry, and sorry, I just sorry. said, I go. This is how you deal with life after college. You immediately go to the bank, you get take out another huge student loan, and then you do a U turn and you get your ass right back to that dorm room. You pick up a third, fourth, fifth major. You then after that, when you stretch that out, you go to grad school. I was like, you don't leave this place. I go. I, listen, I have a mortgage. You know what it's like to have that hang. I forgot to pay my mortgage this month. I had six emails and a phone call. Uh, it was the worst. You know what? Like, don't. Do- and they're all like laughing. And I was like, no, no, no. I am being serious. <laughs> this is not a joke. Don't leave. 
need we, this place. It is a womb. It is a nourishing you know, mother. <laughs> do you know who's e- real easy, real easy to block out? The, the, the all the people who are like, why is that old guy here? You just forget about him. Yeah. You find people who think it's cool that you're there. <laughs> yeah, who cares? <laughs> and then, how did You're I happy? How did I end it? I was like, oh, oh, I can't remember. The ADD has taken ADHD has taken it away. But uh, it was so funny, and they were all they were just like staring at me like, uh, what? I was like, go, just, why are you even here right now? Go get beer. <laughs> you should be drinking. That's a much better way. <laughs> the cool thing about St. Mary's Student Center is it's right around the corner from Northgate area, which is like the the bars and all the fun stuff. So yeah, typically yeah. when I do a magnify or something like that, I'm, they, they, we all walk down to, you know, the thing and we all get, you know, some cool bar and grill place, you know. So I, I have a question. And part of this, I think, may be just my personality where I am now. Think about pre-drinking college yeah. and think about with alcohol college. So, sorry, college without al- alcohol, college with alcohol. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, truly, not like all, like, jokes, uh, all jokes aside, mm-hmm. which one was more fun? Well, I mean, more fun would be the alcohol time because it was, like, the alcohol is always fun times. <laughs> I mean, like, you, yeah. you know what? you're not you're not drinking in the library. <laughs> you're just... Well, and- and it's it's funny and pardon me because I was I can't remember I think I was I'm talking to talking to Aaron about this or something and I was like I I think Steubenville was actually more fun when I could drink yeah why wouldn't it be and um well it's just funny because there's a part of me that feels guilty about oh, them because okay. I had such good times yeah. especially in the beginning when you're on, when you're on, meeting everyone and I love I feel like some of my deepest friendships was formed I mean really during both parts but. Especially the you, I mean, like a lot of the important ones for me were formed in the very, very, very beginning, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I just, pardon me, I think there was a point where probably like maybe tail end of our sophomore year before I went to Austria, basically, where I, I felt like we I did everything you could do there without drinking, and it was like, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> like, it, it just it just was like less, and I I'm like. I kind of feel bad about that, but I'm like, no, but it's like just kind of also part of the, like, part of that age is just that. Yeah. 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 I'm excited uh, right now just to be doing college ministry again. I miss doing college ministry. I miss it's fun. I miss it's fun. I miss the St. Mary's folks. And the one thing that was unfortunate about last night is, and I know there were people there who wanted to talk to me afterward, but I literally gave my talk, walked out the back door, got in my car and drove home. Because we're getting bad, the bad winter weather that's kind of hitting everyone yeah. is starting yeah, to come yeah. through here. And I looked at my Apple Watch and it said, uh, what was the phrase? Snowy showers. And I'm like, snow? That's not here. So I, they were like, you, you need to leave as soon as you're done with your, you, you got an hour and a half drive ahead. And we, uh, tragically, we had a uh, student from the Woodlands High School who just recently died in a car accident coming home on, oh, on those roads. Because it's all like, you know, like these universities. College Station is a big town because of A&M. But, like, in between that and the Woodlands is, like, nothing, you know. So it's just rough. So I was like, I got to get out of there. And then <laughs> one of the one of the great moms, one of my best volunteers ever, uh, She her son took a picture of me from the balcony. And she's like, he is looking for you. Where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm 10 minutes from my house. I'm sorry. Yikes. Oh, Yikes. That sucks. But yeah, I yeah. feel bad. I, I never want to do an event where I go, give the talk, and then leave. I always feel crummy. But there are some times when I just have to do that for the sake of the family. And I was able. And that's, and that's, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's an okay boundary to have. It is. It is. But 
when it's college. It's so fun. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> they were like, know, you know, know, afterwards, know. we always have a tradition that after Magnify, the um, the office staff, we'd go out and get a beer over in Northgate. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> the only thing that sucks about college ministry, though, is that because there, there are times when I'm like, Catching Foxes should lean hard hard into that. Uh, I feel like we would probably end, we would end up drinking more if we did college <laughs> ministry, but we'd be paying more for it. Because do you remember at sea oh, we gosh. were like buying a lot of in, in the beginning of our after party we were buying a lot of our own beers, and I was like, "What the the hell is this?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you guys have no money. You have no money. <laughs> yeah, you spent all your money to see Father Mike Schmitz. Look, I get it. I get it." Uh, man alive, man alive. So, uh, Luke, do you want to tell people why we have Apple Watches? And yeah. and let me also say, as someone who has an Apple Watch and then got this new Apple Watch, my Apple Watch was actually dying, so this couldn't have been a better. It just shut down on Monday, and I was like, well, Tuesday, the new one's coming. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's so funny because... I cannot control these settings, and my watch is going nuts. And I'm like, what in the hell is That's happening? what I'm feeling like right now, too. I'm like, would you just stop? <laughs> I got to figure out how to work. Like, the technique is taking over. Yeah. So this is a new segment here on I'm Catching Foxes that we like to call. This is all, this is all about I'm Luke and Gomer trying to get healthy, not trying to use their Apple watches as the next write-off expense. Fun segment of music here. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we got, uh, we're sponsoring with gr- uh, great people at Athletic um, Green. I mean, sorry, they're not a part of this, but they've been sponsoring the show. Yeah. Athletic Green. We've been, in, I mean, I had some this morning feeling like a million bucks. Me too. I freaking love that stuff. I really do um, too. It's just like phenomenal. Uh, and I, it has kind of given me a bit of like a health kick. Like, hey, like let's get it. Like, yeah. Luke used to be healthy, man. He used to let's get it together. work out. Let's get it together. Good. Yeah. So <laughs> you brought up like, hey, should we get Apple Watches? And I was like, oh, maybe we should. So now we both have, <laughs> we both got uh, 45 millimeter size GPS and cellular. <laughs> yeah. When I got the cellular part, I was like, oh, shit. Luke, Luke went all out on this one. We got the I cellular. Did, well, I think, you know, I really do want to, you know, like, if I go out on, like, a run, I want to be able to not have my phone and just have this. And I forgot. My, I've, 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 yeah. I never go without my phone. And so I was like, why did Luke get the cellular? Oh, right. Because they are now, they're literally Dick Tracy watches now. You can make phone calls on them. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, uh, um, I just thought it'd be cool, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, like, we're gonna do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. go. I, I mean, at least I got the um, um, aluminum body, not the stainless steel. That's like two hundred dollars extra. Yeah. And I was like, mm, stainless steel, though. <laughs> it is a write off. So, uh, uh. uh, but I did buy. My, I bought new um, running shoes on my own. Ooh. Ooh. So uh, ugh, I know I feel like a peasant doing so. Uh, as opposed to a business owner. So what? Yeah, what is so, the segment going to be called? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of uh, Luke and Gomer trying to get healthy. I'm just I'm sorry. I didn't. I should have written it down. The original. My yeah, it was funny, and I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, sorry, a little early. Um, and, but I, I do think it'd be kind of fun if maybe we, tr- you know, try to get a little bit healthy and just, you know, you know, they could do competitions. Oh, you can I, link I like competitions. To- Mm, we, we should do something like that. Perhaps we should do a thing with like all of our listeners, and maybe we can do. We'll do a team Luke and a team Gomer. What if we just started off easy? Grandma's walking in a mall. Me and you together virtually. <laughs> Grandma's walking. <laughs> Literally in this mall. morning. This morning it's like snowy <laughs> rain or it's like uh, uh, freezing rain, and so I've just been walking. Every morning I try to walk a mile, 
before the day begins, right? So that's awesome. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so I can't. So I'm just doing loops around the couch, inside, around my kitchen table, into my office. I'm just going in circles, and I'm like, boom, done. Leisure walk, one mile, twenty one minutes. <sighs> Kids think that's weird. <laughs> set, set. <laughs> my daddy walks around in his boxers for one mile every morning. <laughs> just back and forth in the living room <laughs> doing lunges oh my <laughs> lunges <laughs> Loved i could totally say that <laughs> um, i'm in a competition I with need... luke <laughs> when did you start to let your kids have screen time like what age so you should avoid it until at least three right that's see I- i've read a couple of different things mm-hmm. i've 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 never heard anyone say three Oh, the, I, those the most, most popular I, the common thing I've seen is 18 months and stuff that I've read. And we started to let Everly watch a little bit of I'm Winnie the Pooh, especially because we've had the quarantine, not quarantine, well, we did a kind yeah, of quarantine yeah. last week. She got, uh, long story short, her, at her home at daycare, there was some um, COVID stuff and blah, 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 blah. So uh, she's watched, she had, she's had a bit of screen time and uh, obsessed with Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Like, she'll just like get up and be like, Pooh! Pooh! Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, it never ends. It never ends. It's like when you get dog scraps from the table. Like, they'll beg every day. It's funny because she, like, she'll if we have it on, if we have, like, sports or, or um, something on, she doesn't really pay attention. Yeah. So she doesn't really watch anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not, like, glued to the TV. But for this, it's all she cares about. Yeah. And that's all. And that. That that's why. So the three years old thing that was just you know I don't think anyone knows when is a perfect age to start it, but the three year old thing was when um was just when my kids were young. That's what they were saying, and uh, it's funny because you know I two two you know we're watching Daniel Tiger and stuff like that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah it, it it was hard because we you know I had an iPad and at two years old they could all master the iPad. You know, swiping, tapping, boom, and then I see all these fingerprints on my TV screen because I think it's just a <laughs> giant iPad, and I want to murder them. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Kids are beautiful. It's just just be aware that it is crack cocaine. You know, the that's the great thing about the book, um, The World Beyond Your Head. He was talking about that VTech table where it helps kids stand and they push buttons and things light up. It's like it's a sense of agency without actually accomplishing anything in the world. Then it gives them that strong attachment. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the answer is. Ugh. I don't think anyone has a real reason, but uh, my best advice is delay it as much as humanly possible until you can't anymore. All right. I'm going to try to cut back a little bit. It's not too it, – it's been kind of bad the past couple of days, but only because, like, uh, Aaron just had to work her. If I've had to do work, and it's like, I don't know what to do. Do not. You know? like, do not let her watch the new Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Oh, no. I, I'm not. That is pure satanic drivel. Might as well rep- replace those circular ears with pointy horns. It's because isn't the whole thing? It's just like let up technique take over everything. Yes, yes. Muska, Muska. Yeah, they summon they summon the whatever handy dandy machine out of the cloud to solve all of their problems. Oh my goodness! Instead of just Goofy getting hit in the face with an iron or an anvil or falling off a cliff, no. Now all of our problems are solved, and the world is made safe through technology. I hate it. So, uh, and and I will say this. Watching older cartoons is this is the, as close to a pro tip as I can get. If your kids can get into the old Winnie the Pooh, then 
those old classic cartoons won't feel like like oh this is dumb you know when they did i don't know about you but yeah, like my parents yeah. always loved old movies because that was like they were brand new when they were a kid and uh <laughs> so like whenever i just as a kid i'd be like oh it's black and white you know and i missed out on a lot of like really good stuff but mm-hmm. starting with old cartoons they can love them all those old warner brothers looney tunes stuff man they all got classical music in the background and uh, a lot of wagner they got a lot of wagner but uh, I know, yeah, yeah. I am trying to get her to not be to be into more of the older Disney stuff, just because if I have to watch a thing eighty times, I want it to be something that I like. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to have to watch I'm Frozen two seven thousand times. <laughs> and, and you will because it is made to be consumed by that age. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, we're all dead inside. Um, that's real quick. I have to go yeah. soon. That space thing that that you sent me oddly terrifying. I know, <laughs> right? I went. Ter- it's, it's just someone sent me that as a joke. So whatever it's called, the whatever boot. It's this empty part of space near some supercluster of galaxies, and I it's just <laughs> I went and googled the, it and spent forty five minutes learning about it. It's crazy. It's sheer um nothingness. I wonder how big this is. Okay, so <laughs> it's a 330 million diameter void. Holy crap. 330 million diameter void or 0.27 of the observer of the observable universe of sheer nothingness contains only 60 galaxies. Like what caused that to happen? Wait, I don't know. Like what like what 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 Thanos did that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> This is where I'm like, there's got to be aliens, right? There's got to be something. Like, look, look at all those. Those are fucking galaxies. Like, <laughs> yeah. like there's got to be something. It is funny when you look up at the night sky and you're like, look at that beautiful star. I wonder what star that is. And someone's like, actually, that's a super cluster of galaxies trillions yeah. of light years away. And you're like, no. Oh. Which means it's trillions of years old. <laughs> <laughs> what if we're the Which first, though, that... Luke? What if humans Maybe. are the first? Wouldn't that be wild? It would. It's weird how, like, people, like, we just think, it's weird how special we don't think we are. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to somehow say there's no way, I'm not saying that we're special, but I'm saying, like, our, I feel like a lot of times our go-to thing is to be, like, there has to be other own places because, like, like we don't ever think, okay, so l- let me let me put it this way. We think that, like, we're a step away from being completely annihilated by any type of, like, nuclear war. What what um, no one has like ever uh, ever thought was like we reached the peak of a thing and thought oh we're not doing that and have now like back so we're actually on like a we're at the tail end of the end of that stuff mm, actually because mm. it actually happened and people saw holy crap no yeah. but we always think we're at the beginning of it but I've heard some people say like they've actually like they have they have argued that perhaps we're actually at the end of it because people saw how bad it was and they will never go back to it then yeah let's hope so, so we're in that post apocalyptic if like if you will if if that's if any sort of only the nuclear bombs going off is is the apocalypse. We're in the post part of that mm. because and I, I just it's funny. We, I feel like we tend to uh, always go to what's the, the most um, negative thing, which yeah. is either you know. And so in this case, it's like, well, there has to be some other species out there who are way more advanced than us because we suck. Yeah. So the Fermi paradox is why haven't we found them? And we haven't found them because uh, either a uh, they have evolved to a state of being that is so much more advanced, you know, we can't find them or and they're just, you know, completely in escape. They, they have completely escaped our abilities to detect them or 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 be they're a type of life form that we wouldn't understand. Like maybe they're not carbon based they're silica based or they're, you know, whatever. 
But then they said, uh, or they achieved nuclear power and nuked themselves to death. And that's the, the really big part of the Fermi paradox is when you get hmm. to be a civilization that has world-ending power, how do you not end your world? <laughs> like, like you're probably going to kill each other over nothing, right? So that's one of the reasons. I was like, or we're the first. Either they're all dead, we can't detect them because they're so advanced that we probably will never have an encounter with them, or they wipe themselves out because they hit, you know, they polluted their Gosh. world to the point of no return. They blew it up to the point of no return. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, like, maybe I'm Thanos is right. <laughs> Snap your fingers. <laughs> Snap your fingers. Deliver me from want. You know what? Okay. Then I've, re- I've really got to go say <laughs> deliver me from want. <laughs> deliver me from want. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get kind of annoyed when people are like, why would Thanos do this as opposed to that when he's trying to annihilate half the world? I'm like, what? This isn't reality. <laughs> like it's a it's a movie about a fake alien who kills half of life by stabbing his fingers because he has some stones. Like <laughs> suspend your disbelief just a little bit. Like all I want from a movie is just give me enough to where it kind of makes sense and it's not like like don't make the thing they're trying to get be called unobtainium. Okay, <laughs> you know, like just give me a little bit of like whatever, and then I'll let the like I don't care about like time like. If I had to hear one more person be like, well, the time thing and, and like, Endgame um, doesn't make sense. I'm like, fucking time travel isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> so it's never going to make sense. Yeah. My favorite is people talking about the, the, the blip, you know, where they brought all those people forward. And yeah. someone said, you know, one part about the blip that uh, unnerves me is what about maybe when Thanos snapped his fingers, half the babies in their mother's womb also turned yeah. to ash. Mm-hmm. And then the blip happened and all of a sudden, now these moms are pregnant again. Five years later, if the moms didn't disappear. You know? I think that'd be funny. Or like, it just like, I know, like, don't like take this to its natural conclusion. Yeah. It's horrifying. Like, yeah. it's, it's, stop, it's, stop, stop, it's stop, a, stop, stop, stop. Stop going there. It's stop, a story. Stop, stop. It's a story. Like, it's just relax, everyone. It's a story. I know you have nothing else to live for. This is why you're doing this. <laughs> I'm inevitable. Well, it's it's so, like, it's really funny, too. Like, you, you even see this in sports where people, like, will try to um, reason to death why a thing happened. And, like, so this happened when the U.S. got got um, knocked out, out of the World Cup. There is, like, this, like, wonder goal that this guy on... Um, on the other teammate, truly an incredible goal, like anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have shot if he, you know, and it was, and all these people were trying to explain how that happened and how Tim Howard screwed up the goal and how this happened. And like, there, you, every, almost every like athlete who has who's talked about it has just said like, you don't want to hear this, but sometimes it just happens. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just make an incredible once in a life goal and it ruins the other team. <laughs> you know, like, and it's and it's just funny how everyone's we just try to um, rationalize yeah. so much because we think everything can be rationalized, but sometimes the irrational happens and you're just like, you just got to go with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to go with it. And speaking of going, Luke, you got to go to work. I do. I do. I got to go I record do. every knee shot bow with Dave in about twenty minutes. Oh. I see how it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have. Hey, how how is Amber doing? She's doing okay. She's doing okay. Okay, good. Oh, she good, is, good. She has okay. some sort of stability right good. now. But uh, okay, good, good. Tell him that I love him and I'm praying for I him. I will. I will. And uh, 